Good morning, Journey Church. How is everyone? Let's wake up. Good morning. morning. All right. That makes me a little more encouraged. Good to see everybody here. Uh, We're just combining the announcements this morning along with the the message. The only announcements we have is some of you with children have already seen. There's no children's ministry today, unfortunately. We don't have enough volunteers quite yet, but it's no problem. That doesn't bother us. Any little noises or things, it's not a problem. We realize that uh, when you have kids in here, it creates a family atmosphere, and we love it, okay? Uh, Next week, we will have children's ministry, but right now, we only have enough volunteers for three out of four Sundays a month. So if you would, please see one of us or go online and sign up to volunteer, volunteer. in the children's ministry we need some help there so that we can run a full full-blown children's ministry it's important we like we like to do that for you so please um, sign up for that uh, other announcements this month we will have room in the inn uh, in may there's sign up sheets and links online for that and that's the majority of our announcements is that we are now back in person as well as online it is good to see everyone here <laughs> we are we are thankful to be able to meet together worship together fellowship together and those things and it's only going to get better okay as time goes on this is only getting better and it's i want to this morning uh talk about some things that are encouraging y'all need some encouragement some good word hear something good yeah me too what's the what's the title of our message series who knows? Rise up. Does, does rise up sound like something that's non-action? Does that sound like you get to sit around and mope and worry? Does that sound does that sound like what that's about? No. Rise up. Rising to the occasion. Uh, thank you, Rick, for reading our scripture there. And there's a lot of good stuff. And what I'm going to do is we're going to start back in the book of Ephesians, chapter 2. And we're going to start with that passage of Scripture that Rick just read, and we're going to digest some of that and go through it. And some more things in the book of Ephesians is primarily where my focus is today. But, you know, we're going to talk about our walk with God and how we're supposed to rise up and walk with Him and not walk as the dead do. So this morning, that's what our focus is going to be. And let's just dig right into the Scripture. Ephesians 2, verses 4 through 10. But God, being rich in mercy... Because of the great love which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. If I don't say anything else today, is that not enough? I mean, amen. That is fantastic. God's mercy, not anything we did, because he had such a love for us, even when we were dead in our own sins, he made us alive with Christ. That's exciting, guys. That's something we should take with us every day. By grace you have been saved and raised up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For grace have you been saved through faith. It is not of your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God... prepared beforehand that we should walk in them now i have a little problem in one part of this passage of scripture where it says up here we're saved it's a gift of god not a result of works then it says we're created for good works so there's a balance there is there not it's not what we do that saves us but that doesn't get us out of doing things does it and that's one of the problems we have as christians sometimes is we get our our so-called fire insurance 
that keeps us from being eternally punished. And then we just kind of sit back and say, hey, well, you know, that's good because God took care of me. I know I'm a sinner and all that jazz. It's all okay. And I'm not going to do anything else. That's not why we were created. That's not God's plan for us. We're supposed to walk in those good works that he prepared beforehand. So God has a purpose for each and every one of us. And we're not going to find that till we rise up and rise to the occasion to do those things he'd have us to do. I was looking um, this morning at some lyrics of a song that I like that goes right along with this. Any of you listen to Lauren Daigle? Anybody a fan? Yeah, Lauren Daigle has some good stuff. I love Still Rolling Stones. <clears throat> Excuse me. One of, the, one of the verses in the chorus says, Out of the shadows, bound for the gallows, a dead man walking, rise up, rise up. Man, is that not where we all were? Were we all not dead men walking to the gallows and didn't even realize the path we were on? You know, that is a, that's such an encouragement to me that even when I was dead in my sins, even when I was doing the things that were not pleasing to God, he was watching. He had an eye on me. He had a plan for me, and he was just waiting for me to rise up out of that dead walk and follow him. And that's what it's all about today. That's what I want to encourage us to do, is to rise up and look at those things. You know, we weren't made to walk in our own messes. We're human. We all realize that. We all know we fall short of the things that God has for us. But he don't want us to get stuck there in those things. We're going to talk about that towards the end of the message this morning. But we don't need to be walking in our own mess. We weren't meant to just survive and endure. Okay? God has a purpose for us. He has always had a purpose for us and always will have a purpose for us. And it's not just to survive life here on earth so we get to heaven and fellowship with him. Why else would he say here in the scripture he's prepared us for good works? He wants us to be doing some things here on earth. He wants us to be encouraged. He wants us to be involved in our communities and our families and our faith family. There's lots of stuff he wants us to do. We don't need to just survive and endure. Now, Let's bring that into our current context, what's been going on with us as a church, us as a community, the entire world during a pandemic. How many people feel like you just survived and endured for an entire year? It was rough. It was rough on a lot of us. It still is rough, Leslie says. She's right. Um, Ken and I were talking this morning. We hope this is about over. We're tired of it. We're tired. How many of y'all are tired? It's hard to walk when you're tired, isn't it? Much less rise up. Easier to sit on the couch and be stuck, isn't it? How, how many of you have found anything really encouraging in the past year? Good. Anybody want to tell me an encouraging thing during this past year that happened? Anybody? Leslie. Leslie got a scooter so she can get out of the house. She is one of the biker chicks from the church. They have a little motorcycle gang and they ride in it. You know? Yeah, and it's funny. We saw Leslie on the way to work the other morning. How many of you used to watch the Jetsons? You remember the Jetsons? You remember their spaceships, the sound it makes when it comes by you? That's Leslie. If <laughs> she comes by. But she has a big smile on her face doing it because she knows what to get out and live life. You know, it was hard to live life this past year, was it not? Did y'all have trouble living life? I did. A lot of the things that I enjoyed have been taken away because they were deemed as unsafe. You know, I'm not sure how unsafe I would have been at a car show walking around outside. Okay? Just saying. But that was taken away from so many, so many of our hobbies, so many of the things that we enjoy doing. And you know what? If we're living life correctly, a lot of those things that were taken away from us had ministry wrapped up in them. Did they not? Even things that I do, if I go to a car show, if you go to a ball game, if you do all those things and you're living a risen up life, 
That's where your ministry was too, wasn't it? You were doing ministry on your job. You were do- How hard is it to witness with a mask on? Hello, I'm here to share Jesus with you. Why? What? Jesus? Jews? What? You know, it's it's just hard. You can't see. Fa- How many of you miss facial expressions? Oh my goodness! It's hard to see if anybody's laughing. You know, you don't know what people's reaction is. It's hard. It has been hard. But we were once dead to all of this stuff. We were once dead walking to the gallows. But when we were once dead in the flesh, carrying out our own desires. Now, one of the things that I hate about about saying that, carrying out our own desires, that's the way Scripture decides it, or describes it, rather. Our own desires aren't always all these horrible things either. We, we, our own desires, well, that's usually either sex or greed or something like that is what we immediately think of. That's not necessarily true. There's a lot of things we desire that are not necessarily bad, but they take the place of God, and that's when they become bad. So just keep that in mind when I say carrying out our own desires. We were dead. Moving on, Ephesians 2, verses 1 through 3. Backing up just a little bit. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. I don't want to be a part of that group. Do you? That's not the group. That is not the group that you want to be in when an all-powerful God has his life in your hands, and you're going to be one of the people that are called the sons of disobedience. You're one of the people that's following the prince of the power of the air, and you used to walk this path. The problem is some of us have time, a hard time getting off that path, even after being saved. That's one of the things that I think frustrates so many Christians is our old nature is still there. Do you all agree with that? Do you all fight your old nature? I do. Everybody fights the old nature. It's still there. It's a part of us. It would be fantastic if we said, God, I want to follow you, and immediately we became just like Jesus Christ. Man, can you imagine what kind of world we would live in if people that made the commitment to follow God didn't have their old sin nature still bugging them? Even Paul says he struggled with it. He had a thorn in the flesh for one thing, and then Paul, one of my favorite things about Paul, he says, the things I should do, I do not, and the things I shouldn't do, I do. So here's one of the men that wrote a majority of the New Testament struggled with that old walk, that dead walk that he shouldn't be in, but he couldn't get out of it sometimes. He couldn't figure out how to get away from that. But here's the thing. God has miraculously raised us from that state. That's what this whole Rise Up sermon series is about. It was started on Easter. What happened on Easter Sunday? Well, what are we celebrating? He rose. Who rose? Jesus rose, and what was that? A miracle? Miraculous? Had anybody in a human form ever risen on their own? No. A miracle. Just the way that was a miracle, rising from our sin nature is also a miracle. Okay? We don't have it in us to do that. That's the reason that first verse about God being rich in his mercy and his great love And when we were dead, he still loved us. That's why that's so important is because that miracle power is what enables us to walk the life we're supposed to. 
It's not on us. Now, do we contribute to it? Absolutely. Do we hinder that walk? Absolutely. I mean, there are things that we do in our life that we mess it up. But we need to take advantage of that power. That's one of the things I've been thinking about the entire time during preparing this message is the power that's available to us that we just ignore. We get cut off from it because of our own sinful desires. Our own walk, our dead walk sometimes, cuts us off from the one thing that saves us and keeps us on the right track, doesn't it? Have y'all ever thought about that? That's one of the things that is troubling sometimes to think about is am I in this situation because of my my, um, relationship with God? Is it not where it needs to be? Something we have to keep a constant check on. You know, when you're walking with Christ, when you're walking with the Father, when you're doing the things, those good works, the things that he says you should be doing, your relationship is different. It's just like your spouse. How many of you enjoy making your spouse mad? Yeah. Yeah, Leslie is a little odd. Father, please pray for Phil again this morning as he is tormented. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we all do it. And that's the reason I'm laughing. We don't we all do it. We all do it. Now, when you do that, when you're at odds in your relationship, is your life better or worse? Worse. Absolutely. Every time. There are bad things that will happen to you. I'm trying to think what I got in trouble for last. Uh Lights on in the bathroom and hallway. I think that was that the last one, or have I missed one? That that was yesterday. <laughs> okay, let's don't go and drag up the ancient past. And how about today? Have I done okay today so far? So far. Yeah, the day is young, as Ken says. It will not happen. But our relationship, our relate, are having the right relationship important? Absolutely. You can't get anywhere without that having that right relationship. And the relationship with the Father is even more important because. Not only does peace come from that relationship, but power to walk the walk we're supposed to is coming from there. So we've got to be wrapped up all in that. We've got to remember we're raised miraculously from our previous state. Now, here's the thing that messes us up. And here's a warning from 1 John chapter 2, starting at verse 15. It says, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and the pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world is passing away with its desires, but whoever does the will of God abides forever. There's warnings in here, three things that tend to guide us. That is the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, and the pride of life. Those are things that we sometimes get tripped up on and allow to guide us. You know, desires of the flesh can be all kinds of stuff. I mean, there's a, it's just, to me, that is defined as the things we want that God tells us aren't really good for us. Could be anything there. Desires of the eyes, wanting things, wanting things you don't have, wanting to change your life. That's the thing that, that bothers you. The pride of life. That's what I'm going to talk about here in a minute is I got the answers. The pride of life is what I, is what I interpret that is, is, I've got it together, God. I don't need God always. I'm, I'm walking this way. I'm proud of the way I've conducted myself. <clears throat> Excuse me. And here's the problem with this entire verse for most of us is, we get a drink. Excuse me. The problem with all of this for most of us is 
not loving the world, but living in the world. That's hard. Notice it doesn't say to separate yourself from the world, never be involved with it, and you come to church on Sunday and you segregate yourself off from all the bad sinners and you just do the right things in your church, then you'll be okay. Well, considering we're all sinners, that's not going to work, is it? Isolating ourselves within the four walls of this church is not going to help us any. The world is still out there. What are we supposed to be doing with that world? Anybody? Evangelizing, witnessing to that world, showing them the way that we have been shown previously and sharing that with the world. You know, it's hard when you get your eyes on the world instead of sharing God with that world. You know, and there are things in the world that aren't bad. There are things that are in sports and entertainment things. That's not necessarily bad. That's just part of it. Leslie Scooter, there's nothing wrong with having a scooter that goes as you go down the road. It's, it's great, you know. But sometimes we let those things take the place of God, too. And that's where we get into those pride of life and desire of the eyes and desires of the flesh. I want all this stuff, and I'm going to do all this stuff. And God gets kind of forgotten about and put to the side until there's a crisis in our life. And then, oh, my goodness, I need you, Jesus. We wait until we really need the help in our lives that we don't realize we need every single day when we get up. But here's the thing. God did not raise us to walk in defeat. Too many times we look like Christian zombies. We're alive, but we walk like the dead. We are alive, but walk like the dead. How many, we got any kids in here that would come up and walk like a zombie for me? Anybody anybody want to walk like a zombie? Anybody know how a zombie walks? Yeah, even a murder. Somebody, surely there's somebody can walk like a zombie. All right, I'll do it then. I'll do it. Okay. And you can just stay in your seat and do it if you want to. You can just stay in your aisle and pretend. You just kind of, it's kind of a Frankenstein slash zombie. You know, you can kind of do this too, depending on you know, which, which zombie you got and your leg falls off and all that kind of stuff. You know, that's the way we look to the world with our head down. Absolutely. Just enduring life instead of living life. Instead of being raised to walk in victory, we look like we're going to a funeral. People in the world do watch us. Somebody knows you went to church this morning. They're watching you. And I'm not saying you have to impress your neighbor with your church attendance or anything like that, but I'm just saying we need to walk like we realize we're walking in victory. You know, we're going on the way to a victory party at the end of our lives. That's what we're doing. What does Paul say it's like? Anybody remember what he talks about our life, what it's like? A marathon, running a race. We're running a race. Now, most of us, you, can you run a race and be just at the back of the pack going, I'll never make it to the front? It's not what he's talking about. We've got to run that race like it's a victory. And you know what? Most people, if you look, you follow any kind of sports, people that run races, whether it's in motorized transportation of some sort, whether it's physical, whatever the competition is, you know what they enjoy about it? It's the act of doing it. It's not the thought of just winning. That's a big part of it. But they enjoy just being in the presence of doing that. And that's where we've got to get to as Christians. We've got to enjoy being in the presence of that walk. And every day we think, man, I have got another opportunity to make another lap in this world and have an impact on it. Every day. Even during the pandemic, as bad as that sucked, and it did, and it does, we hate it. We don't like the way it worked out. We've lost loved ones. 
There's been all kinds of turmoil. There's been stress. There's been anger among families and church members and all that sort of thing. We could have been walking in victory. She agrees. That's an amen over there. Absolutely. Amen. We love it. But we could have been walking in victory for the past year, and we couldn't, we couldn't bring ourselves to do it, could we? It's tough. You know, it's tough. But we've got to, one of the things we've got to rise above as well, and we're going to talk about that in a minute, is our circumstances. You know, let's go to another scripture verse. This is from Ephesians 4, 17 through 24. Now this I say and testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. They're darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that's in them due to their hardness of heart. They've become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality and greed, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. But that's not what you learned in Christ. That's not the way you learned Christ. Assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus, to put off your old self, which belongs in your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires and be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to be put on your new self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. We've got a new self to put on. It says right here, don't be put off to your old self. That's in the past. You can overcome those things no matter what they are. You know, that's not the way you learn Christ. Did Christ come into your life and say, you know, your life is so wonderful, I'm going to save you. You've earned your way into heaven because your life is so great. Was that anybody's salvation experience? No. It's not the way it works. God came in when we were crying out that, God, we're lost. We don't know what to do. We're on the way to the gallows. We're dead. We, God, please show us what to do. And what did he do? He showed us. Every one of us that accepted him, he showed us. And we need to remember and walk like that's our experience. Not that we're still dead to all this stuff. Our personal holiness. Now, just a quick word on that, something I found in a study this week, a Barna study. How many of you all have heard that churchgoers and Christians are as likely or more likely to be divorced. Y'all heard that? Okay. It's not completely true. A new study says that those who go to church have a 27 to 50% lower chance of getting a divorce. Okay. That's good news. People that go to church are less likely to get a divorce by some percentage. However, those that aren't walking the walk, aren't going to church, aren't fellowshipping, aren't participating in good works like we talked about in opening this, but claim they're a Christian, are 20% more, are 20 more likely than the rest of the world to get a divorce. You can't fake it, can you? That's what that's telling you. You can't claim to be a Christian and not walk the walk and do the things. You can't do that. It's such a... It's such a hard thing because Satan attacks us in our church, does he not? How many of you last year when we couldn't have an Easter service felt attacked? I did. I felt like a lot of the pandemic stuff was a direct attack on Christians. Churches have suffered. They've suffered financially. We've lost loved ones. You know, it, it's been a hard year for many of us. But we've still got to remember who we belong to, who the good shepherd is, who's watching for us, who's... Who is taking care of us? And here's some things I want to, as we're starting to close out towards the end of the sermon here, that I want us to look at, okay? What's some things you need to rise above, okay? Some things you need to rise above. And I've just got a list here. These were just some things that came to mind. 
depression. Our country and our communities are greatly suffering from depression because of the pandemic. That's going to be ongoing. Did you know there is a form of PTSD that's related to this already? That people have horrible memories of the things that they've been through during this pandemic, and that can come back to them at certain times when they don't even expect it. So just like people that have been to war can have the the effects of PTSD because of the things they've experienced, people and their experience with COVID and the pandemic is triggering the similar response. So we need to come above our depression. Anxiety. Man, how about a year of being anxious? Am I going to die from a disease? Am I going to be able to go to church? Am I going to be able to work? How about anxiety for an entire year that we need to get over? Grief. Many of us lost loved ones that were otherwise healthy that just that, that died. It's been a hard year. Many of us are still grieving. Bad relationships. That's something that comes all the time. We're all, many people struggle with relationships that they're in. Failure. How many of you suffer when you fail? I feel like God's not with me if I fail at doing something. Why did you abandon me, God? Why didn't this work out? Got to get over that sometimes. The last two, though, may be my favorites, the things we need to, to rise above. Self-reliance and success. Y'all, those are the hardest things to rise above because they make us take our eyes off of God. When I'm self-reliant, when I think I've got it together, when I think I don't need God, when I don't think I need his guidance, that I've got a place to live, a car to drive, a job to go to, a family to come home to, when I think all those things are because of me and, my, and what I've done, I get my eyes totally off of God. When I think I'm successful because of the things I've done, it's, it's how good of an employee I am or whatever, it's how well I apply my trade and my craft, those sort of things, I get my eyes off God. I think, I think it's about me when it always has been about God and always will be. You know, and what do we do when those things come in our life? We worry. We worry. When we start to realize it's not about us, it's like, I'm worried about my job. I'm worried about my health. I'm worried about why I'm sad or depressed. I worry about the loved ones I've lost. I worry about my relationships. You know, Karen found this quote this week, and I thought it was very good for this message. It says, Worry is a conversation you have with yourself about things you cannot change. Prayer is a conversation you have with God about the things he can change. Man, that's good stuff, isn't it? We can't, we can't, we can worry about things we can't change. It will never help. The only person that can change anything is God. And we need to take those things to him in prayer. And God has given us the power to have a new life. A brand spanking new life. Maybe some of you, your life's gotten a little dusty and dirty, that new life, since you've been saved. Maybe it's been kind of downtrodden and you've shuffled through the dirt long enough. You don't feel like you have that new life. But it's there for you to take, for you to rise above these things through the power of Christ in your life. You know, for our last verse here as we close, it's 2 Timothy 1.7. It says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline those are the things that we as a people need to be focusing on are the things that god didn't give us he didn't make us afraid he didn't make us timid but he gave us power love and self-discipline there's a relationship here that this illustrates to y'all he didn't give us fear and timidity but we have to be able to use the power and the love and be self-disciplined enough to walk the walk
instead of going out on our own, deciding that we've got it all figured out, that, that we're self-reliant or whatever, we need to realize that we don't have to fear. There was nothing during that pandemic that could possibly have changed my, my relationship with Jesus Christ and with his Father. Y'all realize that? There was nothing. I don't care if it's whether you wear a mask or not, whether you get a vaccine or not, or whether you even die from it. That doesn't change your relationship with God. It was circumstantial. But we allowed it to get ahead of our walk, that new walk that we're so blessed to have. But we shouldn't be fearing. And we shouldn't be timid as a church either. Amen? That's that again. Amen? Amen? We're timid people because we're afraid now of what the world will think about us because Christians have screwed it up so bad. There are Christians that get targeted because they do stupid things and say stupid things, and we get lumped in the same bunch with them. Don't worry about it. That's their walk, not yours. Your walk is as it's always been. You can walk in power, okay? Now, the problem is, as churches, historically, please, God, don't give us any power over anything because we will mess it up. We will screw it up. We, as the church, will come out, and we will be worse than the people in the world we're supposed to be witnessing to if you give us power. What's our churches crave now? Political power. We have got to have that. Who cares? Who cares what goes on? I know it sometimes affects us, but it affects this relationship and this life. It doesn't affect this one ever, just like anything else. We need to rise above it. We need to look at that. We need to see what God is doing for us. We need to rise above all this stuff in our life that's bringing us down. And that, that's as we just close out here in prayer, that's my prayer for today. Y'all, it's all the things that have gone on that have been so discouraging, all the things that have drug us down, uh, some of us, you know, depression, you know, suicides, drug abuse, those are all things that people have succumbed to in the past year, circumstances that have been going on. But as Christians, every single one of us has the power to overcome all that mess. We don't have to walk in it. We don't have to succumb to it. And that's where we need to be walking with that power and that love we need to recognize that we need to walk in power we need to walk in love and we need to be self-disciplined we're always doing it the thing i forgot to mention just a second is that power has to be balanced with that love if you go on only the power side and people don't see your love you're going to get shut off so quick you might as well never talk but i will tell you if you go into any circumstance with love People don't have to look like you. They don't have to agree with you politically. They don't have to, you don't have to agree anywhere. If you take the power of God's love into a relationship, into a conversation, if you take the power of God's love anywhere, it will overcome because why? He tells us it will. That's what he said, and we don't trust him enough. So I want, as we leave here, I want you to think about being less timid, having more power in your life to overcome the things that are bothering you, and loving people more, loving people more. And if we can do that as a church, we will see a move of the Holy Spirit that will explode among our relationships. And it's not so that we can brag about, look what God's doing in our, our bunch. It's so that people in the world will see we're different. They will say, that person's walk in this world is different than other people's. And that's what my prayer is this morning. Let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning. We thank you for your blessings. We thank you for those that have...
that have come out today, Lord. That's something this time last year I couldn't say. We didn't, we, we didn't have the opportunity to meet together as a body of Christians, Lord. It was, it was a hard time for us, God. But now, I thank you for that. I thank you for the things you've done, Lord. I pray for those that are, that are still grieving and depressed and angry, Lord, for all the things that have happened. Lord, I just pray that you'll, you'll just show each and every one of us this morning as we, as we leave this building, Lord, that we have the power to walk, the we can walk in power and walk in love and not be timid. And not only that, we have the power to be self-disciplined enough to not let our old life creep back in and take away our relationship with you, God, that we can keep that good relationship with you. And, Lord, that you can have us to walk not like the dead, not like a Christian zombie, but we can rise up as victors, Lord, and people can see that in our lives every day, Lord. And I just pray as the, as the band uh, leads us in one last song, Lord, that we will pray and put these things on our heart. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <laughs>